Hey everyone, it's Mr. Doucette. We are getting ready to start chapter two. If you haven't listened to the chapters before this, you really should go back and listen before you start listening to this chapter. You've missed some really great stuff. So, let's get started. Chapter two. If the good Lord wanted folks to fly, then he'd have gone and given them wings. That's what. Betty paced back and forth in the parlor like a wet hen with a bad case of lice. Dazed and sick with worry, Joe merely shook his head or nodded in agreement to whatever it was she said. Piper had fantasized about her parents being jubilant. In reality, she'd have been satisfied with happy. At that moment, she was even willing to settle for not mad. But, didn't you see? I can fly! She emphasized each word just in case there was confusion on anyone's part as to what had just transpired. That flying ain't normal. It ain't natural. Lord above, if the new minister were to see you, there's no telling the things he'd preach at us. But, and when Millie May gets to gossiping about this, heaven protect us, you don't see other youngins gadding about up in the sky, do you? But I don't get to see no other youngins because you won't let me, Piper argued, finally getting a word in. Watch your lip, missy. I didn't raise a child to sass me back. And can I tell you that they don't fly, and neither should you. It's just plain wrong. But it ain't the way of things. Betty clutched her nightclothes about her, fuming. You listen to me, Piper McCloud. But ma, Joy was busting out of the place inside Piper that not more than a day before had been a terrible itch. Maybe there's a reason for it, something special. Like the way you says the Lord works in mysterious ways and don't you take the Lord's name in vain. But I, Piper, my mind's made up and there ain't no changing it or arguing around it. There ain't no earthly cause for a youngin to be meddling about up in the sky. I'm putting my foot down. Betty wagged her index finger at Piper in utter seriousness. No more flying and that's all there is to it, you hear? But... Piper was promptly silenced by the grim determination in Betty's eyes. This is just plumb crazy, Piper fumed inwardly. They might as well have asked her to stop breathing air as to expect her to turn her back on the wonders of flying. The fact of the matter is, the minute you get a mouthful of blue sky dancing across your taste buds, there's no keeping you from it, no matter how much trouble you'll be getting yourself into. Betty and Joe accepted Piper's stunned silence as agreement. Sure as anything, you'd get attacked by some rabid bird. It ain't no place for a youngin' up there, Betty sniffed, considering the matter closed. And so, Piper meekly nodded her head and let her folks believe what they wanted. First chance she got, though, she rushed off to the backfield where no one would see her. Shaking with anticipation, she scrambled atop a boulder jutting from the side of the hill and threw herself off of it and landed on her backside, hard. Ow, Piper groaned. Getting up, she dusted herself off and did it again. Wouldn't you know it, but it happened a second time. Piper couldn't have been stuck tighter to the ground than if her feet had been glued to it. Not that she let that stop her from trying for one single minute. Piper jumped and fell and jumped and fell. That was how Piper spent her first day of practice. It was discouraging to say the least, but it taught Piper a valuable lesson. Flying doesn't come easy, even if you're a natural-born floater.
raw talent only gets you so far in this old world, and the rest is a whole lot of patience, persistence, and perspiration. She got lucky on her first jump, beginner's luck. But from there on out, Piper fought tooth and nail to get herself back up into the sky and to be a real, honest-to-goodness flyer. Days and weeks passed by, and Piper continued to practice every single day with little or no success. She often wished that she had someone to teach her instead of having to figure it out all herself. Each mistake cost her a bruise or a bump, and her body was fast becoming a black and blue testament to her many trials and errors. Lesson one, as Piper soon discovered, was never think about the ground. Ever. The second she even considered the possibility that she might fall, she fell and some part of her body was hitting some part of the earth. The sky was her goal, and she trained her mind to think of nothing else. As soon as Piper mastered the whole thinking part, she was able to get back up into the sky, and that was when she stumbled across lesson two. You can fly without having to actually jump off of anything. The first step in achieving this, as Piper learned, was to stand perfectly still and close her eyes. Then, with all her might, she'd think, I'm as light as a cloud, as free as a bird. I'm part of the sky, and I can fly. But the trick to it was that she'd think that nothing else and then hold the thought for a long, long time. Try it. It's a lot harder than you might think. Then her whole body would get relaxed and this tingling sensation would start pumping right out of her heart and spread like wildfire through every place in her body until she was almost burning up with all the tingling. And that was when her feet would rise up off the ground and she'd be flying. Two weeks after she started practicing, Piper was finally able to get into the sky and stay there. It happened on a Tuesday. Piper was hot from standing in the field under a blistering sun and focusing with every ounce of her being. Dang it all, she muttered after a third failed attempt at lifting off. Taking her position again, she stood very, very still and thought only one thought with all of her might. Tingling began to fill her body and then she thought the thought harder. I'm part of the sky and I can fly. The tingling grew and grew, and that was when her feet left the ground. I'm as light as a cloud and as free as a bird. She rose higher and higher. The farther she went, the lighter she felt. And still, she clung to the thought. At 40 feet into the air, higher than she'd ever gone, she stopped. I'm a flyer, she whispered, and felt a strong sense of relief and pride. It felt so natural to be in a sky full of clouds and have birds flying past like a homecoming. She also noticed that flying up high made all of the things she left behind on the ground seem not as important. They were so small, after all, and the sky was so big. Swooping over the summer crops of corn, wheat, oats, and barley, she dipped down low and picked stalks as she passed. Over clothespin creek, she watched the fish swimming way deep down at the bottom, something you can't see when your feet are stuck in soil. And there was so much more for her to see, but before she knew it, it was the dinner hour and time to land. From that moment on, the sky was no longer the limit. In the days that followed, Piper got to see the world for the first time, or at least the world of Lowland County. She saw Mr. Stavonskovic selling white lightning from a still hidden in the woods. She saw, she saw Jesse Jake kissing Beth Bell, his best friend's girl, behind the cow shed. An old maid Gertie Gunn dramatically reading dime store romance novels aloud on a pumpkin patch. She saw other things, too a young fawn delicately taking its first drink from a clear stream. She saw other things too, a young fawn delicately taking its first drink from a clear stream. 
a big brown bear scratching his back against a rock so rigorously that the rock actually rolled away and down a hill. And at the top of an oak tree, the biggest beehive she'd ever seen. Five nasty stings later, she decided not to fly by that particular oak tree again. Unwittingly, Piper was also responsible for the religious conversion of old man Jessup. While working on his roof, he caught a fleeting glimpse of Piper flying past and instantly mistook her for an angel sent by his recently departed wife. Without delay, the old man, who'd sworn never to set foot in church again, got down on his knees, confessed all of his sins, and to the astonishment of all, didn't miss church one day from then on. The new minister thanked God. Piper thanked her lucky stars that old man Jessup wasn't wearing his glasses. Piper was very careful not to fritter away all of her time sightseeing. She considered herself a serious flyer, not a tourist, and set an ambitious learning schedule, which included landing practice, ascent and descent, velocity control, and hovering. Unfortunately, Piper was not a particularly fast learner, and there was much more error than trial to her flying. Piper, you ain't yourself these days. Betty abruptly passed a bowl of stream beans to Piper, rousing her from exhaustion. It had been a hard day of flying, and Piper had yet to touch her dinner. Looking up, she noticed that both her ma and pa were watching her with concern. Ever since that morning when we catch you, well, since it happened, it's like you've been walking about the place like you was whipped. If you ain't at your studies or your chores, you're off somewhere that we can't find you and you're getting so thin you'll fade right away for our very eyes. Betty couldn't help but notice the late that the child wasn't herself anymore and was shocked to find the house empty and too quiet without Piper's endless questions and unexpected floating. It was like the spark had gone right out of Piper, and Betty feared her spirit had been crushed. I'm sorry, Ma. Truth be told, it took up Piper's energy learning how to fly, and her body hurt from the bruises that had piled up on top of her bruises. Most nights, she'd fall asleep at the dinner table before she even touched her food. Your pa and I got to talking some, Betty continued, and seeing how you ain't as high-spirited as you was and it's getting so we can hardly recognize you, we was figuring it was high time we all attended the 4th of July picnic. We reckoned it'd be just a thing to raise your spirits up some. A picnic? Piper was more shocked than a turkey on Thanksgiving. I, I get to go to the picnic next week too, Ma? You mean with all the other kids? Well, don't get all out of control on me now, but you can if you continue to behave yourself like the good Lord would want. Piper almost shot up off the ground like a rocket and did pinwheels in the air while yelling, Yee-haw! at the top of her lungs like a crazed chicken. But she didn't. And from that moment on, battled a frenzy ecstasy inside her chest. For the next week, Piper thought nonstop about the picnic. P-I-C-N-I-C. She spelled it in her mind, or sometimes she'd do it backwards. C-I-N-C-I-P. When she wasn't thinking about it, she was preparing her mother, peppering her mother with questions. Will there be other youngins at the picnic? Likely so. Think they'll want to play with me? I don't see why not. Reckon we can stay for the fireworks? For pity's sake, child, hold your tongue. Which Piper sincerely tried to do, but failed miserably at. All right, guys, that is the end of chapter two. Tomorrow you'll have a new reader. Miss Nash will be coming on board, and I'd like to apologize in advance because I know she doesn't read it as good as I do. Um, but try to enjoy it nonetheless. So I hope you've listened to part one and part two. 
part three and part four is where the story really picks up. So make sure you tune in, guys. Until then, stay safe and love to everybody.